Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm going to be sharing an amazing Metropolitan Masterpiece with you today. Just a quick reminder before the episode starts, all sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find a link in the episode description as well as on Instagram at accessible.art.history and at metropolitan.masterpieces. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. The Gandahar region of modern-day Pakistan is one of the most fascinating examples of cross-cultural exchange. After Alexander the Great conquered the region in the 4th century BCE, Hellenistic Greek cultural ideas began to mix and mingle with Buddhist culture that was already existing there. Together, they produced a unique style of art that can tell us a lot about the time period. One great example of this concept is a beautiful statue of Buddha found in the Metropolitan Museum of Art's collection. Its calm simplicity and interesting details help viewers to understand the importance of the Gandahar region in the history of art. So, to learn more, keep on watching. This statue of the Buddha is quite small, measuring at only 6 and 5 eighths inches, or 16.8 centimeters tall. He is sitting cross-legged in a yoga pose. His hand is raised in the Abhaya Mudra, a gesture of approachability. The Buddha's hair is tied up in a top knot, which allows a viewer to see the radiating halo behind his head. His body is draped with a robe, and the artist took care to carefully sculpt the folds. Although today the sculpture has a greenish tinge, it once would have shown with a brilliant bronze. The green is the result of the oxidation over the past 2,000 years or so. Due to the intricacy of the material, it's likely that the statue of Buddha would have had a place of honor, likely in a wealthy person's home or a temple. It certainly is a remarkable piece. In order to understand this work, I think it would behoove us to dedicate a few minutes to understanding the history of Buddhism. It was founded about 2,500 years ago by a man named Siddhartha Gautama. His teaching focused heavily on the idea of suffering and its causes, and does not specify worship of any god or deity. Born a prince in the 5th century BCE, Gautama gave up his life of luxury when he became aware of the people's suffering outside of the palace. However, although he learned a lot about how people lived outside the walls, he did not feel fulfilled. It was then that Gautama decided to pursue what he called the middle way. This path sought to find the balance between extreme wealth and extreme poverty. After six years of learning and meditating, he achieved enlightenment and understanding, becoming the Buddha. He spent the rest of his life teaching others how to study the Middle Way and achieve their own enlightenment. The Buddha died in 483 BCE, but his legacy lived on through his teaching and followers. A couple hundred years later, in the 3rd century BCE, the king Asoka the Great made Buddhism the state religion of India. This led to an explosion of new followers and the construction of temples and monastery complexes. As Buddhism spread across Asia, several branches developed. Each had its own interpretations of the Buddhist teachings, and they're called the dharmas. They focus on kindness, humility, and compassion, while prohibiting things like lying, use of alcohol and drugs, or from these teachings come the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. These are the ways to achieve enlightenment. Today, there are around a million Buddhists in the world. Buddhist art is often highly symbolic because it's used as a tool for explanation and worship. This is why art historians are having been able to classify the gestures of this Buddhist sculpture. As I mentioned a few moments ago, this statue holds his hands in the Abhaya Mudra bows. Its use can be traced back to the beginning of Buddhism in general. This gesture is meant to bring peace and welcoming, show strangers it's safe to approach and speak. Knowing the history of Buddhism and how its message was sped, this gesture is a perfect representation for the Buddha. Next, we're going to dive into the history of this particular style of Buddhist art. But first, let's take a quick break. When
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, this is Annalisa, the founder of Accessible Art History. Thanks for tuning in today. As a part of my mission, I work to provide free quality art history content for anyone who is curious. But if you'd like to support Accessible Art History, you can find the link to my Patreon for monthly support or buy me a coffee for a one-time donation. If you do decide to donate, please let me know so that I can give you a shout out on a future episode. Thank you for listening and let's get back to our episode. Alright, now that we're back, I'm going to discuss the art from the Gandahara region. This area's borders and rulers have changed many times over the centuries, but today it lies mostly in Pakistan and a little bit in Afghanistan. Due to its location, the region was a popular crossroads stop for multiple trade routes, including those from the Mediterranean and China. The combination of wealth and cross-cultural trade allowed for a fascinating artistic style to develop. One of the biggest influences in art was the conquest of the area by none other than Alexander the Great. In 327 BCE, he and his armies conquered the region from the Persian rulers and made it a part of his global empire. Besides a new ruler, this conquest brought new artistic ideas to the Gandahara region. Artistic ideals, like a sense of realism in the human form and intricate folds of cloth for added three-dimensionality. This tradition continued throughout the region for hundreds of years. Therefore, some art historians also use the term Indo-Classical or Romano-Indian art. Regardless of this title, this style and its period show viewers how ideas can be exchanged across lands and cultures. Isn't it fascinating that we have a physical representation of this? Excitingly, at the time of this episode's publishing, the Metropolitan Museum of Art has curated a show called Tree and Serpent, Early Buddhist Art in India, 200 BCE to 400 CE. This exhibition aims to help viewers understand how art developed in India and its connection to Buddhism, especially regarding the rise of figural sculpture. Pulling from its massive collection of art from the Indian subcontinent and combining it with generous loans from across the world, the Met is helping visitors to understand an important part of non-Western art. Outside of this show, the Met has a fascinating collection of Buddhist art from around Asia. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, the religion spread throughout the region with different areas choosing to highlight different aspects. This is also true of art, where tradition informs style. This can range from facial features to clothing to poses and other decorations. With the breadth of the Met's collection, we can truly see how Buddhism and its art became a global phenomenon. This statue of the seated Buddha is a physical representation of the power of art and culture. Through trade conquest, ideas about representation were exchanged, creating a unique style that is purely human. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode. Make sure to tune in next time when I discuss Washington Crossing the Delaware by Emmanuel Lutz. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history and at metropolitan.masterpieces for updates and to keep an eye out for the next episode. They drop every week on your favorite podcast platform. If you prefer to listen on YouTube, you can find episodes there on Well, about two weeks after each episode is posted. Cheers and see you for the next episode.